Welcome to Fresh Bread from Candy's Kitchen. I am with you today starting off a series regarding the Christmas story. I love Christmas time. There's probably not a better time of the year for me, both naturally and spiritually. Naturally because I love lights, I love uh, Christmas carols, I love Christmas songs, I love watching children and the way their eyes light up when anything Christmas is going on. But I also love it spiritually because to me, Christmas is probably maybe the best time of year. I know we look at Easter and the cross and resurrection, but without the birth of Jesus Christ, none of those things take place. So if you would just humor me a little bit for the next five weeks, we are going to do a series on the main characters of the nativity, the story of Christmas, the story of Jesus coming to earth. I hope that you like it. I hope that you can apply it to your life. And if you would, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with someone that would be encouraged. So, have you ever had a day that started one way and ended up totally different? Well, I have. And it was actually at Christmas time. This was several years ago. And I couldn't tell you now what was really going on in, uh, in my head, but I remember feeling very down. I remember feeling, I felt like uh, the world had gone away and I was all by my lonesome. Whether I had a reason to feel that way or not isn't beside the point. I remember those feelings. My husband was gone somewhere. I don't remember uh, where. Maybe he was out hunting. Uh, but I was here by myself and to try to get myself in a good mood. I pulled out the Christmas wrap and put on some Christmas music. I still had my pajamas on. I hadn't combed my hair. I hadn't brushed my teeth. And I was just going to wrap some presents while feeling sorry for myself. I know I shouldn't be talking about things like that, but I'm talking about an ordinary day that turned into an extraordinary day. So as I'm wrapping presents and I hear someone come to our door, ring the doorbell, and I'm thinking, oh great, <laughs> I haven't combed my hair, this is not good. But I went and grabbed a robe, put it on, and went to the door and, you know, sheepishly opened it up to see a friend of mine. And I said, I am so sorry I look this way. I've just been sitting in here. I'm here by myself, just wrapping some Christmas presents. And they said, oh, no, 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 don't feel bad. Just wanted to give you a card. And you can maybe just open it up. You don't have to open it up now, but just open it up when Chuck gets home. And and I said, oh, thank you, thank you. And again, I, I'm sorry, I, I look like such a bum. I shouldn't be a bum at this hour. And uh, we just kind of laughed and they left. So Chuck came home that day and I said, well, so-and-so stopped by and they had a little card for us and they said that I could open it when you got home. So we opened it up and to our surprise, 
inside this card was $5,000. I will never forget when we opened it. I will never forget the way I felt. First of all, I felt such gratitude to these unselfish friends that I knew loved us. But the second thing was, I felt the love of God. I felt that God knew exactly where I was. I felt like God knew exactly what I was thinking. And even though we need to be able to get out of the molly grubs and all that, there are times when God sees when we're there and he sees how we are. And there are times when he knows how to send something special to a day that's not so good to make us to know that he loves us, that he cares about us. And he uses good people sometimes to show that. So that little story kind of starts me off on the Christmas story when it came to Mary. We're talking about a day that was probably just an ordinary day for Mary. The Bible (laughs) doesn't give us a lot of specifics. I always say if a woman had written the Bible, we would know a lot more. But we know enough. And what we know is that what appears to be just an ordinary day in the life of Mary turned out to be an extraordinary day because what she was doing at the moment, and I'm going to say she was at the well, was getting ready to turn into something very different. The earth at that point in time, Jerusalem and the area where uh, the Jewish people lived, was uh, ruled by the Roman Empire. And it was a very harsh ruling. They, they did not have a real love for the Jewish people. And so life was, was rather tough. To add on top of that, the Jewish people uh, were living at a time that was connected to uh, past times. And I didn't say that real well, but if you go back to the Old Testament at the book of Malachi, God was like really upset with his people. And he had delivered his people over and over again throughout the Old Testament. But he got to a point in Malachi where he was upset with the people. He was upset, upset with the priesthood. He was just kind of done with them. And so God, I, I, don't, I don't understand how this all works, but for the next 400 years, scholars would refer to it as the years of silence, 400 years of silence. It appears that God just signed off. God just decided, you all do whatever you want to do, and good luck with that. And it appears that God doesn't have anything to do with his people for 400 years. That's a long, long time. But 
something happened at the end of this 400 years. Um, it was the time. It was the time for God to show himself again to his people. It was time for his presence to come on the scene. And he decided to do it in a different fashion than he had done it in the Old Testament. God had decided that he was going to come to earth. He was going to be seen. He was going to touch people. He was going to come and eventually die for people. And so it's at the end of this 400 years in a uh, in a time that seemed to be just another ordinary day, an ordinary day in the 400 years where God has decided he's not going to be talking to people. But it's at the end of this 400 years that God decides to do something different. Now, the timing of God is is interesting to everyone that's listening to me because I think I know what God should do and when he should do it, and you probably feel the same way. But God, in his wisdom and in his knowledge, he knows exactly when to do what he needs to do. And so here we are, and the end of this 400 years of silence, and God, who appeared to not have anything to do with mankind, has all of a sudden kind of like awakened. But you know, while there was 400 years of silence, God wasn't speaking to prophets. He wasn't speaking to priests. He wasn't speaking to Abraham and Moses. While he may not have been speaking, he was watching. He was watching over his people. There's an old song that says, His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. The God who never did slumber, that never did sleep, was quiet, but he was watchful. I'm thankful for that because I'm thankful in my, my life that God always sees. And when the time is right, he's going to do something about that. So this 400 years was coming to a close and God was getting ready to speak in this different and powerful way. The time was right. God's people, they, like I said, they were under harsh Roman rule. But the one good thing that came out of that was that the Romans built roads at that time, which eventually, when Jesus was here, made it very easy for him to preach and teach around the uh, Jewish world of that time. So it was just the right time for this 400 years of silence to come to an end. So we know that we, we can't say what this day will bring or that day will bring. That's the reason we always say, and the Lord will, this will happen or not happen. But how did this ending of the 400 years of silence come about. We don't really know about this specific day, but I imagine, like I've said, it probably was a normal day that just ended up abnormally. There was a young Jewish girl. We don't know a lot about her. We don't know the name of her parents. There is oral Jewish tradition that gives names to her parents 
and tries to make some miraculous uh, story about her birth, but it's not in scripture, and so I don't really buy it too much. But there's a young Jewish girl, and we do know that she was betrothed to a man by the name of Joseph. Betrothed would be, the word we would use here would be engaged. She was engaged, and there was about 9 to 12 months where uh, the bride-to-be would uh, make herself ready, which that kind of tells us a little bit about well, while we're getting ready for our bridegroom to come, we're to be making ourselves ready. And she would, she would get all her clothes together, and she would make her body ready. She would, you know, have oils and creams and all that kind of stuff. It would have been a great time to have been uh, betrothed back in the time. So here's this young Jewish girl. She's uh, betrothed to this young man Joseph, not yet brought home, and. Um, her day probably is just starting out as just a normal day. Maybe she's whistling. Maybe she's happy. Maybe she's going to the well to get water for uh, washing clothes or washing uh, washing for their bodies. Or who knows why she went to the well, just for drinking water. And so she's there when all of a sudden this ordinary life, this life that... Uh, was probably very unsuspecting, was changed, and something very extraordinary happened. An angel by the name of Gabriel, and we've all heard of him, just stepped down into her world. Uh, And this was not something that had happened to anybody recently, because remember, 400 years of silence. God wasn't speaking through dreams. He wasn't speaking through angels. He wasn't speaking through... Uh, prophets. And so, uh, so this coming of this angel stepping into the world of Mary was something totally unexpected. Um, she was not the first person to hear from heaven during this time period because Zacharias uh, had heard from him, but that was just recently And Mary wouldn't have known that because of the distance and since they didn't have cell phones and those kinds of things. But she was the second person after 400 years of silence for God to speak to through an angelic being. So my guess is that Mary is rather frightened at the sight of this angel, even though we don't know for sure. If this angel had wings or if this angel, like some of the theophany in the Old Testament, maybe just looked like a man. But what we do know is that this angel interrupts Mary's ordinary day with something extraordinary. She must have been frightened and the angel says to her, Hail! Um, some people say it's like, hello, or rejoice, or, you know, like high five, hail. Then he says, you are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. You are blessed among all the people. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody came up to me and said those things, I would be like, what in the world is going on? Are you crazy? I mean, what's happening? Um, but it must have rocked her world and, and probably frightened her at the same time because 
He says, fear not, Mary. And that right there would have just made my mind just go spinning. How does this angel know my name? How does this angel know to say to me, don't fear when he's just said to me that I'm highly favored and the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. I mean, God hasn't spoken to anybody for 400 years. Why would he be with me? Or, you know, it kind of, it's what I've said before. While he was silent, he, he was very well aware of what was going on. And, and he knew that God was with her and he wanted Mary to know God is with you. You're, you're favored by God. You're blessed among people. God's chosen you, in other words. But heaven knew her name. And I can't help but look at this story and say, in those times and in those moments when God is silent, when those ordinary days maybe seem just depressing, and there are days that seem depressing, when those ordinary days you just wish that you could sit down and have a cup of tea with Jesus, but he seems so far away. He seems, he seems like he's in that silent mode. And yet I take courage in the fact that this angel Gabriel knew her name, Mary. God knows our name. God knows our address. God knows what's going on in our life. And so there are times when we just have to say, It seems like 400 years of silence, but there's a God that has me in his sight. The angel was bringing a message that was exciting, but one that would also create some fear and uncertainty because she was a human. She was a teenage girl. They say she was anywhere from probably 12 to 14 years of age. Unbelievable, isn't it, that we would say, Wow, the one person that did something incredible through the power of God was a teenager. And I say today, God uses teenagers. I love teenagers and I love what God will do through them. But that's just a little side note. So the next thing the angel says is, you have found favor with God. God, the God who'd been silent The God who had not spoken to his prophets or priests for 400 years was speaking via an angel to a teenage girl. And the words he was speaking was showing that in the prior silence of God, he had been watching and was aware of earth and what was happening to the minute minute detail of a seemingly insignificant teenager. We can never forget. I know I've said this before, and I I, I hate to be redundant, but I want you to get, we can never forget that God sees us. He's aware of us. He's aware of our life. And so in this story, it goes on. Gabriel then speaks of God's purpose for his coming to speak to Mary. He says to her, you are going to conceive in your womb. You're going to have a son, and you're going to call him Jesus. You see, God Almighty was coming to earth in the body of a baby who would be called Jesus. And Mary's womb was going to be 
that vehicle for him to get here. Gabriel then shows her the miraculous plan. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. You're going to be overshadowed by the power of the highest. The baby that would be born in you was going to be called the Son of God. He said these things to her because Mary, when when he first says that she's going to conceive in her womb, she's like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I'm not married. I'm betrothed to Joseph. I'm a good girl. I understand what science says and I understand what it takes to have a baby. And she has a great question. How's this going to happen? And it's with those words that I spoke just a minute ago that he says it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. The baby is going to be called the Son of God. And you know, the answer is the same for us today. There are times in our lives when God speaks something to us that seems so great and so big and so astronomical and so out of our character and so out of our, uh, maybe our talents. And we're like, okay, God, you said you're going to do this, but I have the question, how in the world are you going to do this? Because I know me. The answer is the same. It's exactly what, what Gabriel says to Mary. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and you're going to be overshadowed by the power of the highest. You see, anything that we do that really gets done is because the Holy Spirit is the power behind us. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by His Spirit that things are accomplished. And so here's Gabriel saying, you know, I, I know, I know, I know, I know you, you, you can't do this of yourself, but the Holy Ghost is going to be with you. You see, yes, God's plan was to come to earth to be with his people. He wanted to be near them. He knew he had to die for them to save them from their sins. And he was choosing a teenage girl named Mary to get here. He gave Mary a purpose. Maybe on just an ordinary day. A day when she had no clue that something like this was going to happen. She was given purpose. And that purpose, I want to say loud and clear, her purpose was to bring Jesus to her world. To bring Jesus to her world. Mary was not something special. You say, well, wait a minute. You just got in saying she was uh, favored by God and God knew her name. Yes, yes, yes. All those things are true. But she wasn't an extraordinary. She wasn't a goddess. She was just a person. A person that God chose to be used by him. Just like us. We're just people. There's none of us that can brag about how wonderful we are and, and how wonderful my life has been. No, God just reaches down and he calls us for a purpose. He calls us for a plan. He calls us and says, you can't do this on your own, but I can do it through you. Mary's purpose was to bring Jesus to her world. I personally believe, and it doesn't say this in the story, but I think she could have looked at Gabriel and said, are you out of your ever-loving mind? I don't, no way. 
because I know what would happen if I went and told somebody I was with child and I'm not yet uh, brought home to the, to the home of Joseph. I'm going to get ridicule. I'm going to they could stone me to death. They could say that I had committed adultery. And, and all of these things could have been swirling in her mind so much that she would have said, you know what, I, I appreciate the call of God and I appreciate heaven uh, speaking to me after 400 years of silence. And boy, that really does make my heart feel good. But no, thank you. But she doesn't do that. She looks at the angel Gabriel with all the, probably the questions still in her mind and how is all this going to work? And she looks at Gabriel and she says, be it unto me according to your word. In other words, if God wants me to do this, if God promises that he will be with me, then I will be a willing vessel here. I'll be happy to bring Jesus to my world. So in wrapping up here, I want to just say this point, and I think this is one of the main points I want to make, and that is we are the same as Mary. There's nothing about us that makes us so special to do the work of God. It's awesome that he would want to reach down and use us. The work I'm thinking of today, though, is the same work that Mary had. No, he's not going to impregnate us and there's not going to be another baby born because it doesn't need to be born. But we are commissioned, just like Mary, to bring Jesus to our world. There's a world out amongst us that doesn't know Jesus. A lot of people know Jesus, but a lot of people don't know Jesus. Jesus said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He's not willing that any should perish. And so you know what? He wants to get into the lives of other people. And you know how he does that generally? Through you and through me. We are called to be the vehicle of bringing Jesus to our world, just like Mary was called to bring Jesus to her world. I'm telling you, the story of Mary is so important. It was an ordinary day that became extraordinary. Mary had no clue when she woke up that morning that something so incredible was going to happen to her. Jesus came to the earth through the womb of Mary. Jesus looks down at the ordinary lives of so many people and he says, I need a vehicle to bring myself to those people. I want to touch the hurting. I want to touch the lost. I want to touch the ones that feel like nobody cares. You know what? It may seem like God is silent sometimes, but he wants to speak. And he wants to speak through you and I. My prayer today for this Christmas is that we would become the Mary of 2023 going into 2024. Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Lord, let me hear your voice. Lord, let me say yes to your voice. And Lord, let me bring you to the life of someone 
that need you. That's what we're called to do. I love the story of Mary. I love the story of the ordinary day. I love the story of the ordinary teenager. I love the story of the extraordinary day that it ended up being. May God bless you this Christmas season with purpose. And may that purpose be bringing Jesus to your world. Thank you for listening today. Share this with someone maybe in your church that you think would uh, benefit from this. Something that, send it to somebody that it will challenge to make them think of the Christmas story just a little bit differently. And uh, share, if you listen to it on YouTube or Spotify, uh, please subscribe. It doesn't cost anything. And give me a thumbs up that lets them know that, yes, somebody's listening. And we do have quite a few listeners, and I thank all of you for that. That is a Christmas gift to me. God bless you for listening. And uh, again, bring Jesus to your world. Be like Mary. Change an ordinary day in someone's life to an extraordinary day by bringing Jesus. God bless.